Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Thursday, February 18th. I am your host, or one of the hosts of this show. I'm Mr. Jolly of Sydney. What else could you be with a name like that? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. That's just jolly as in happy of Sydney, the city. Uh, you can find me like that on Twitter, as I mentioned. You can also find my partner, my new partner, who's the other host of this show. His name is Vince Miracle. He is VM Center on Twitter. Uh, based over in Sacramento. Excellent, excellent fella. He will be hosting tomorrow with Stephen Vidovich. And of course, Scotty Harland, who is my other half, he's on a sabbatical at the moment due to work-related matters, but he'll be back at some stage, uh, I reckon maybe early next month or something like that. He is the Harlander23 on Twitter. Shout-outs to the big knobs from hoop-ball.com who uh, sponsor this show. We're standing on the shoulders of giants as ever. Aaron Bruski, Dan Bespris, uh, Adam King uh, from Melbourne, all the editors and writers, DFS experts, betting experts, and more. Get involved and support one of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. Get over to hoop-ball.com. Check out some of the great content, and you can sign up for some of the paid content there too, which is fantastic stuff, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Without much further ado, we should get into today's show. It is, of course, Thursday night, which means I am joined by Brent Middleman, I think maybe you might have the record now for the most shows with me. Uh, Hank on Monday might be pushing up against you a little bit. Uh, you're, you're, you fell off a little bit like Chris Boucher for a couple of shows, but you're back better than ever. You are yeah. Brent the Middleman. Brent, how are you? <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I really hope to uh, to push that record. I plan to be here weekly. Um, if we need to up it to more times per week just to knock somebody off uh the pedestal. I'm happy to do that too. I'm super competitive, so ready to rock as always on our massive uh, three-game slate. <laughs> that is what I like to hear. I'll be taking you up on that offer on a, another night when I need someone on short notice for sure. Uh, interesting. Yesterday was an absolute massive slate. Shout out to my buddy John Steele, professor from Seoul. We got through about 11 games in 65 minutes. And it'd be nice if they had mixed it up a little bit. So like, you know, seven games yesterday and like six or seven today would have been <laughs> would have been good. Yeah, especially with three kind of blowout games. Although, as ever, there's always fantasy interesting stuff to talk about. And I think we can jump into the first game, which was Toronto uh, beating the... Uh, sorry, yeah, Toronto. I've got here. Toronto beating the Raptors. There we go. It is, it is up past beer o'clock on a Friday afternoon here in Sydney. Toronto beating the Milwaukee Bucks, 110 points to 96. Toronto improved to 14 and 15 on the season, which is good enough for sixth in the East. Of course, we've talked about this before. Outside of the top couple of teams, it's... Uh, it's pretty even, a lot of kind of average teams at the moment. Uh, and uh, 
the Bucks uh, fall to 16 and 13. The Bucks have lost five games in a row for the first time since 2017. They're really missing Drew Holiday. I've got True Holiday written in my notes here because, uh, gee, that is the truth that without him, they're suffering at both ends, but especially on the defense. Giannis fouled out with a flagrant in the last couple of minutes, which sort of summed up his game. He wasn't great. The Bucks' uh, first half was terrible, and their defense in the first half and the third quarter was uh, was a laugher. It was laughable. It was really bad. Uh, the Raps are seven and three in the last ten, and they're looking like a threat again. Uh, so no Kyle Lowry for the Raptors as well today, but it was the Bucks who missed Drew. Uh, what's going on with the Bucks, mate? It's uh, it's not been good. Yeah, I mean a lot of it. Look, a lot of it's Drew uh, injuries. I mean it, that's killing him. Giannis not being able to hit a free throw that that kills him. I, I saw there's a meme going around Instagram or a video going around Instagram of uh, Thanasis Antetokounmpo uh, knocks on wood before every Giannis free throw. And, you know, I don't think it's working. They might need to try something else because uh, this guy cannot make a free throw to save his life. And, you know, you need your best guy to come up clutch. Yeah, and he absolutely does not come up clutch, does he? We were talking about on yesterday's show about Dame Lillard, who had just an absolute massive game yesterday. and He's how- clutch. He has not missed a foul shot in clutch minutes, which I think clutch minutes are like the last five minutes of a game when it's within five points, or is it the last three minutes within five points, something like that. But uh, yeah. he has not missed a foul shot in those circumstances all season long, and that that wins your basketball games. Absolutely. I mean, that's you know that's where stars are born, uh, and Dame Lillard has you know proven to be one of the most cold-blooded guys in the league for sure Giannis is just not there yet he hasn't been able to win that big game uh you know he's seen he has that killer instinct he seems to be a really hard worker it's just I think the clutch is like a gene you either got it or you don't no 100% agree with that so Giannis he had 23 12 and 8 today but it was 8 for 20 from the field he really seemed to be forcing it as well. Like he was trying hard to end this losing streak. He was zero for four from deep. And I think teams are pretty happy to see him just bombing away because unlike Joel Embiid, who has reduced his uh, three-point shooting this season, but it, but still Embiid is a much better three-point shooter than Giannis. Absolutely. And Giannis, you know, he tries to keep teams honest by, by shooting out there, but those tend to be his worst games. When, when he takes more than three or four threes, uh, it tends to be one of those bad Giannis games. When you look at his really good lines, he's usually maybe one for two, maybe one for one from three. Yeah, and he has slipped off this season. Just looking at his per game value, uh, he is the 22nd, uh, sorry, last season he was a 22nd ranked player. Uh, and this season he is 35th. And that's like fallen off. We talked about this before. He was 5th in 16, 17, 7th in 17, 18, 6th in 18-19. Then last season, he was 22nd, and this season, he's 35th. It's got worse again because not only is the free throw percentage uh, bad, last season it was bad, but it's got even, it's got slightly worse. The turnovers are worse, and the field goal percentage is down as well. Uh, Last season, he shot 55% from the field, and this season, uh, his uh, field goal percentage has slipped off. The free throw percentage is uh, similarly bad as it was last season but uh what else is down it's the rebounds are down by two per game from last season the assists are about similar and uh the points kind of similar so the rebounds are down the field goal percentage is uh is down a little bit the three throw percentage is bad and the turnovers are worse where do we see this going with him uh it's just 
going to be like this year after year where he ends up well below what he could do? Until, you know, until he gets some sort of consistent free throw motion or action, which usually translates to a better three-point shot. They usually say guys who are good free throw shooters turn into good three-point shooters, and he's not a good free throw shooter, so that doesn't bode well for his three-pointer developing. I'm worried about Giannis. I mean, he may be what he is, but he is a hard worker. Uh, He does seem to have that killer instinct. Uh, We can tell by the flagrant at the end of the game. Uh, you know, he plays hard. He's going to work on it. So, you know, he's super athletic. I think I think he does develop uh, a better free throw shot, which will boost his confidence. And I think that'll turn into uh, better threes as he gets older. But it could be, you know, another couple of years before that really develops. So I'd kind of expect, you know, this the same old uh, Giannis for the next couple of years until something happens with the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Maybe that's exactly right. I mean, if you've got him in points leagues, though, you can't, you just can't, can't be complained because he's like the number one ranked player in points leagues. He's just absolutely off the charts. But uh, in category yeah. in category leagues, I I don't know. I just wouldn't take the risk on him. I don't think when you've got all kinds of other valuable guys that you can get around the same time or sometimes even later. We'll talk about Fred Van Vliet in a moment, for example, who's returning like he's 15th on the season and he wins you the three throw category with the he's shooting 90%. So Socks Middleton, as we call him on account of his funky socks, uh, Chris Middleton, he had 13, 8, and 5 on 5 for 13 shooting. Not a great game for him today, but he's been okay this season in that sort of like 50, around about top 50 range. But I want to ask you about Dante DiVincenzo. He had 14, 7, and 4 today on 6 of 15 shooting. He has been a bit better lately uh, after a pretty disappointing season, but the field goal percentage, I've talked about this before, it's way down this season with a higher volume. He doesn't seem to be sticking where are you on Dante? I dropped him in a few leagues. I picked him back up in one. Uh, he's not proving to be a must-hold player this season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He's one. Of, he's a guy I hear a lot about on the Hoopball Discord. Um, if you're a member, come join us there. But uh, yeah, I get so many questions about Dante. A lot of, should I do Dante or this guy uh, type of questions. And, and I tend to always pick the other guy. I'm not a big DiVincenzo fan. Uh, he just doesn't really excite me that much. I see the potential in fantasy. He's he has the potential to put up across the board stats with defense, with threes, which is you know why he keeps you know getting you know hitting the waiver wire and immediately getting picked back up. But he's just somebody I don't want to deal with. There, there's too much inconsistency there. Uh, he's still super young, uh, you know, so there's a good chance that he does get more consistent. I just don't know if it's going to be this season. But I think in the next year or two, uh, we could see quite a leap. Uh, from DiVincenzo uh, in real life and in fantasy. Yeah, and he's just the 128th ranked player on the season, which is like right about sort of like the, I mean, streamable spot, isn't it? Like I remember when I first started playing fantasy, someone once told me pretty much anything outside of like the top 80 is potentially streamable depending on what's available on the wire for you. Where do you think the line is with that? Or is it more like 100, 110? Yeah, I- well, I mean, obviously, it'll it depends on how deep your league is, but uh, I'd say that that's a pretty good. I haven't heard that before, but that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and you're right; I think anyone probably uh, within the top 130 uh, has the potential for a good streaming. If there's injuries uh, or a good matchup, if they if they all of a sudden going to get minutes, 
Um, you know, I think any of those guys have that potential. And I think DiVincenzo has the game to be a top 75 player for sure. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if this is a great comparison, but he reminds me a little bit of Zach Levine early in his career where he just couldn't really, he didn't really put up the defensive stats that is, that his athleticism showed that he could. Uh, but we kept seeing that potential for a breakout. And, and I, but I used to get a lot of, uh, a lot of guff, I guess, from uh, other fantasy guys because I, I love Zach Levine and I kept saying he's going to be an all star one day. And uh, he actually did. You know, he's turned it around. He's he's improved his game. And uh, I see a little bit of that in DiVincenzo and that potential. Yeah. Now, it's interesting. He's in last season, he was 125th on the season. And this season, where do you reckon he is? If he was 125th last year, I'd say he's probably in the 130 to 40 yeah, range. He was actually 128. Eighth, but he is 140th in the last two weeks, so you're a bit, you're a bit spot on there. Uh, he the shooting this season 41.8% from the field. Last season was 45.5%. So that's that's a that, big drop. That's where the drop off is. He's picked up his uh, he's picked up a couple of other categories, but uh, a little bit. But that is really sort of knocking, holding him back, and we we find that happens. I think you're, you're right. He is a young player, and what what is it? His sophomore season or his third season only. Uh, it's yeah. his third season, yeah. So, we, you know, he might, he may improve once he gets used to this extra volume. Uh, Brook Lopez had twelve and four with a steal and a block. He's uh, was a bit disappointing today, and this season it hasn't been amazing um, from him. Probably this is sort of the the beginning of him dropping off. Uh, how many more seasons do he does he have of fantasy value? Uh, yeah, I mean, this might be it. Honestly, uh, you know, I mean, I think. I think he'll have value, but he's going to be an end of the draft, like a Marcus all type of grab. I think the next couple of years where you still get the threes, you still like the blocks. I mean, the, look, the blocks are still elite and that's a tough category. You know, Hassan Whiteside, who we'll talk about later is getting picked up in a lot of places. Deandre Jordan, who outside of blocks, you know, they're not really helping you, but it's such a, a tough category to, to come across that, you know, those guys will keep having value. So as long as he's still blocking shots and just being very tall, uh, he'll have fantasy value, but uh, nothing like that elite threes uh, along with the blocks. And I mean, look, we've seen this coming is, is rebounds have been dropping since he was on the Lakers. And now for a guy who's that tall to only get three rebounds a game or whatever it is, they averages, that's just not going to get it done from a fantasy perspective. So as long as the blocks are there, he'll have value another year or two, but it's going to be end of the draft. Uh, I need blocks <laughs> type of guy. Yeah, and he is only averaging 1.3 blocks per game, which is slightly low for him. Which yeah. is slightly better than Kyrie Irving. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think Harden probably outblocks him. Yeah, we talked about this as well before, about how Kyrie's getting good block numbers because people just put up so many shots in his face because yeah. they think he's not a great defender and he's short. Fred Van Vliet is another one like that who gets those sneaky blocks because people just false sense of security and they shoot in his face all the time. But yeah, Brook Lopez is just 90th on the yep. season uh, and he is just hitting 1.63s per game and the blocks are 1.3. That's maintaining his value. Five rebounds a game, surprisingly, but just 4.3 over the last week. So he's at 90th on the season. Last year, he was 49th. The season before that, 30th. He had another top 40 season and a top 25 season when he was in Brooklyn as well. So He's had four or five good seasons, but uh, yeah, it does does look to be on the way out. 
Bobby yeah, Port- with those blocks coming down, he's quickly yeah. turning into Channing Fry. There, well, there, that is a, Channing Fry. There's a blast. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the top blokes in the NBA, but uh, he fell off a cliff. Uh, apart sure. from, yeah, in the end, gee, the, he, he's well, Channing Fry is sort of like a bit of a trailblazer as like the 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 stretch center. He's pretty yeah. much the, the first one in the NBA that really stands out. Yeah, definitely, and one that, uh, from a fantasy perspective, hit enough threes to to make him viable. Mm. Um, yeah, good old Channing. I've but had him on a few teams back in the day when not everybody was uh, was shooting threes as well. Bobby Portis yep. had a bad game, which is unlike him. It's weird to say he's had quite a few good ones strung together. He had just two seven and two on only three shots in the game. Uh, I think there was a few guys being a bit greedy out there and. Giannis was really forcing some shots instead of getting Bobby uh, getting Bobby some shots. And uh, I don't know what happened to him, but he has been a bit of a revelation in terms of like a bench player in the NBA this season, one of the top uh, 10 bench players in terms of fantasy contribution. For the Toronto Raptors, Norman Powell. Stormin Norman Powell. He had 29, 4, and 3 with two steals on 9 of 12 shooting, 4 of 7 from downtown, 7 of 8 at the foul line. Wow. Mind you, some of the defending on him was absolutely abominable. Chris Webber, uh, who I'm not a huge fan of as a commentator, although I loved him as a player, he was losing his absolute mind in the commentary box going, come on, come on, after Norm hit another open shot because the defense was so bad he could not believe it. Norm Powell, 54th in the last month, 81st on the season after a really slow start where he couldn't hit anything. He's, uh, he's just been going off. Now, I'll get a quick comment for you before I ask you who you might accept for him in a sell high. Any comments on Norm's form? Yeah, no, look, Norm looks great, and, and he does this every year. He's a, he's one of the streakiest guys in the league. He's just had the perfect storm of getting hot right when the Raptors have had some big injuries. Uh, the first time he got hot, OG was down, uh, and so he stepped in and, and went crazy. Tonight, Lowry was out. Uh, he stayed hot and went crazy. So I'll be interested to see what he does once they're back to once they have all their guys in. Uh, but the way he's shooting, I mean, he's definitely going to stick around uh, for fantasy. Hmm. All right, let's get to brass brass knuckles here, brass tacks. Uh, <laughs> I want to want to do sell high. So you have in this hypothetical, you have Norm Powell, and I and I offer you Malik Beasley. Do you take Beasley? Yes, I would take Beasley for Powell. DeLon Wright. I would keep Powell. Joe Harris. That's a good one. Um, Man, I would take Harris. Interesting. They are both in the 80 to 90 range on the season. DeLon Wright is 73rd on the season at the moment, and Beasley is 64th on the season. One of the draft day steals. I was just taking the piss out of someone in one of my leagues today who was, was making fun of me going, oh, good luck. Good luck with Malik Beasley leading yeah. your team. When he it's goes like- to jail. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, I drafted him at 140, and he is the 40th ranked player in that points league where I have him, so... That is 100 points higher than where I drafted him. I'm very happy with that. A lot of people got him off waivers. Yeah. Now, these are guys all in the 90-plus range. Victor Oladipo. I mean, I, I I would love... I'd rather have Oladipo. I think the the upside is is too good. Even if he's going to kill your field goal percentage. Yeah, I think I think he just in uh, yeah I think his his upside is just too good once he gets healthy. But you know he is he is high high reward uh, high risk. Buddy healed. I, I 
man, I'm not a huge Buddy Heald fan, so I I might stick with uh, I might stick with Powell in that case. Yeah, well, well Heald, Heald, I mean, it's it makes sense because Heald is outside the top ninety on the season. Like, yeah, um, Colin Sexton. Powell does more in the ancillary stats. So Powell's the thing about that Powell that's exciting me about Powell right now is he's getting steals, he's getting rebounds, and he's getting assists. He's not just the Buddy Heald uh threes and points uh type of player which which is what you want in fantasy so powell you know he's really rounded up those other stats and if he can keep it going uh when their team is healthy the raptors are going to be a really scary team in real life and powell's going to maintain that top 60 top 50 uh form i think um you know because he's going to get a lot of open looks when when lowry and van vliet and pascal are all out and the thing about powell as well is that uh even though he's streaky like some of these other guys Last season, he shot 48.3% from the field. Uh, sorry, 18-19, he shot 48.3%. And then last season, he shot 49.6%. One of the best shooting guard field goal percentages on reasonable volume. Six, I think at 15 points a game or higher, I think it was only Devin Booker and maybe Steph, a couple of people who had better field goal percentage than him. So even though he's streaky, overall, it's it ends up being good. And like this season, he started out really badly, but he's now up to 47.5% from the field on the season, which given how bad he was, like he, uh, when he's on the streaks, the streaks are just incredible. 67% from the field over the last week, 56% over the last two weeks. So you can see what he's capable of. Let me throw another quick, couple of quick ones on you, at you. Yeah. Uh, Colin Sexton. Uh, I'd rather have Sexton than mm. Powell. And he has dropped off quite a bit though, because he's, he's in that sort of 100 range now. Seth Curry? Uh, I'd rather have Powell. Wiggins. I'd rather have Wiggins. Uh, Eric Gordon. That's easy, isn't it? Powell. For the blocks. Yeah, Powell over Gordon, for sure. And what yeah. about what about Kelton Johnson? Ooh, that's a good one. I'd have to say Powell right now. Kelton's been pretty inconsistent, too. Yeah, he has some really... I mean, it's just this, the nature of the Spurs, I think. They've got so many yeah. pretty excellent players that it seems to just get rotated around, and whoever is hot kind of goes off uh, with the exception of like maybe De- DeMar DeRozan, who's very uh, consistent. The others, it seems to be yep. just whoever's hot on the night and it's hard to predict. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, Murray, Murray and DeRozan are really the only two consistent ones there. And then you're right, it does get spread around quite a bit with the rest. I think the only ones there that I would take, I would take Beasley, DeLon, I would take DeLon Wright as well because I, I like the assists from from him and, and he gets the steals too. And I think I would probably yeah. keep Joe Harris because I see him, just being so consistent and uh, and the, mm-hmm. the threes are the threes are elite. I don't think I would take any of the other guys. I think part of it is just part of it's kind of prejudice based on they've all <laughs> hurt me in different ways too many times before. Oladipo healed, Sexton, Seth Curry's disappointed at me at times. Wiggins, of course, Gordon too. Keldon Johnson is the only one who hasn't burnt me in fantasy yet. Uh, let's talk about Fred Van Vliet. You, you, you can never Go count through. out that. Uh, the, you can never count out the emotional factor <laughs> when it comes to fantasy. I mean, but, I mean we're we're only human. The other thing yeah. is too, though, if you look at it, all of those guys I mentioned are lower than Powell on the season now. They're all ninety outside of the top ninety, and Powell is in that eighty to ninety range. So there is some logic. Look, yeah, the, the way he's playing, it, it's hard to deny. It's hard to take anyone over him right now. I just think, uh, you know, with Lowry not there, and the last time he got hot, OG was out. So. 
it will be it'd be interesting to see if, if he keeps getting that usage when they're back to full health. I think his shooting percentages have been pretty good, even though he's a streak shooter, because when he starts shooting bad, Nurse tends to not play him. <laughs> so, you know, so he's not out there to even miss or his or his shots go way down and and he, uh, you know, looks to other players. But um, when he's hot, Nurse will run him out there for a lot of minutes. Yep. So if he can just keep it rolling, I mean, look, there's yeah, you're right. There's not many players I'd take over him uh, in that in that area. An interesting thing is too, last season he averaged 28.4 minutes a game and he's right on that again this season now. And the thing is, Kyle Lowry, the, these guys, Fred Van Vliet as well, they're, they're injury prone. They will miss games. True. So especially in Roto, if you could send out pretty much any of those guys we mentioned at the end, for me anyway, Keldon, Gordon, even Wiggins, Seth Curry, if he has a few hot games, I would consider doing it for sure. Uh, and there are definitely okay. people who are listening and thinking about um, about selling high on him. So you, you might, this was sort of a sell high segment, but it's also a kind of a, a buy low segment. Well, sorry, a buy high, can I say that? Oh, you know, if he has a couple of quiet games, you could consider buying him. Let's talk about Fred Van Vliet, who's just having an incredible season. He had 17, oh, yeah. 17, 5 and 8 with a steal and a block. The shooting was rough, 5-15, but that steal was amazing. He ripped the ball right out of Giannis's hand on a drive and took off with it like a cat burglar with a jewel and the police in hot pursuit. He is the 15th-ranked player on the season. He's the 8th-ranked player in the last month. He's shooting 90% from the three-throw line on huge attempt numbers, which is awesome. But the steals, they're even better. 1.7 per game uh, on the season and 2 per game over the last month. The assists and points are right up there as well. All things remaining equal, Brent Middleman. Would you take him in the second round if you had to draft over again? Absolutely, yeah. And the re the rebounds from a guard too. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. No, Freddie is the real deal. He deserved every penny of that big contract. Um, I would absolutely consider taking him in the second round. If, if you know, if I especially if I'd gone with like a big blocks guy in the, in the first round, um, I would love to stack him with with Freddie. So. If yeah, if I went like AD or somebody early, I, to put him with Fred Van Vliet would be huge. I think he's the real deal. I think he holds his value. Um, yeah, the the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look at some of the guys I took in the second round. I mean, these were different places in the second round, but I took Paul George. Of course, with Paul George being injured, yeah. it's, it's easy to say you'd change your mind about that. But you know, Paul George did start out awesomely. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a guy I took over Fred Van Vliet, uh, who. Has been better, but and then got hurt. But still, you would take Fred Van Vliet if you had that over, wouldn't you? I would, and I was I was one of the biggest you know take SGA guys out there too. I thought you know, and he you know he's had a little bit of injuries. He's on a he's on a weird team, and that's in a weird transition kind of period. But uh, yeah, I mean Van Vliet's just been way more consistently awesome uh, than SGA. So uh, yeah, totally. Uh, now. Another guy who is awesome is OG Ananobi. He has obviously missed, uh, I think he missed seven or eight games or something, uh, almost two weeks. He played 26 minutes today. It was great to see him getting those minutes ramped up a bit more. He still looked a bit rusty, but he did manage to have 10, 7, and 1, which is good to see. I've got him in a few places. So, uh, yeah, very, very awesome to see that. Pascal Siakam, after a slow start to the season, he is providing that second, that sort of that third round value where, where he was drafted by a lot of people. They had 27, 6, and 5 with the steal and two blocks. Now, Chris Boucher, the lightning rod. Uh, he just keeps coming up, doesn't he? <laughs> doesn't he? he had uh, 22 minutes today. He had eight and seven uh, with just one assist and two steals. 40th on the season, 70th in the last week, 100th over the last month. 
Uh, at the risk of boring people, let's do this uh, again. I think we talked about what would you send except uh, for him? Uh, who would you prefer rest of season? So you've got Boucher. I offer you Aiton, who is now up to 75th on the season. Would you take Aiton or Boucher? Man, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, we probably did the same one, and I said I'd take Boucher. Um, I'm getting nervous with the minutes with Boucher. He's, he's too good to drop if you have him, but at this point, I'd probably take Aiton just because of the more consistent minutes. Um, if Boucher could consistently get over, get closer to 30 minutes, uh, I would take Boucher. But uh, I think just for the consistency, I would probably take Aiton at this point until we figure out what's going on with him. Now, Boucher, I mean. now, if I'd asked you this a month ago and I asked you about Capella, you might have taken Boucher a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the threes, because of the percentages are way better. Capella's a killer and free throws, uh, no, no threes. But Capella's looked really good. Um, and yeah, I would, I would take Capella at this point over yeah, Boucher. Yeah. I mean, Holmes is a no brainer. You would take Holmes, Julius Randall. I'm assuming who's up to 48th on the season. You would take Randall. has been incredible. Yeah. yeah I, I love Julius. I mean, if he could only, you know, get a few more blocks, um, but yeah, his, his other numbers are, are crazy right now. So yeah, definitely Randall. Uh, now this is where it gets a little bit trickier. Enos Cantor. Uh, no, I'd, Boucher, I'd take Boucher over cancer, yeah. Even though, just based on the fact that you think, uh, what's his name, Nurkic, I've blocked out his name because I drafted him in three drafts. I don't <laughs> even want to hear. Do not say his name again, Brent. Um, stop texting <laughs> me. Not stop texting me three times a day, Nurkic. The name we shall not speak. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Boucher over cancer because of the elite blocks uh the threes potential and you know the the scoring potential uh i love can cancer's just been you know he's walking double double right now but uh boucher boucher is as high ranked as he is because of those elite blocks uh along with his percentages so i uh, i still like boucher from a fantasy perspective uh over cancer i think you get enough good games out of boucher to make it worth it yeah and cancer doesn't get steals and he he doesn't the blocks are low and no, no three pointers no points it's basically just rebounds yeah. and and field. he's the white tristan thompson there you yeah. go it's rebounds and field goal percentage uh the white yep. Tristan thompson <laughs> that's like one, that's one of the most insulting things i've ever heard um <laughs> at the moment anyway uh shout out to tristan thompson i was a huge Cavs fan for a few years there anyway with uh wanting lebron to win so tt get on your mate uh and shout out to Della Vadova as well and what about uh <laughs> andre drummond is he dead no, I mean, Drummond's not dead. Uh, it just depends how quickly they can get this deal done. Uh, I think in what's, I mean, even even no matter what situation he ends up in, I think Drummond is still, you know, can put up such elite numbers in, in those strong categories the, for the reasons you have a guy like Drummond on your team. I, uh, yeah, I don't think he's dead. I, I just, uh, I would hate to have him right now and it'd be tough to trade for him just because we don't really know how long it's going to take this to, work itself out uh but i think once it does i think he'll be right back to being you know one of the one of the top guys especially in head-to-head -head leagues uh like he always is mm. so you would take drummond if i offered you drummond for boucher yeah oh <sighs> i mean just because of the uncertainty yes i would take drummond for boucher i think drummond's upside's too good what a, to pass out there what about if uh a team that was struggling a little bit in head-to-head -head and needs something right now offered you mitch robinson 
for Boucher. And let's say, let's say in this hypothetical, your team's doing really well. You're like top one or two seed with a good gap, and you're like guaranteed gotcha. playoffs. Yeah. Would, would you gotcha. would you take Mitch Rob? Yeah, I probably would. Um, because no, is Noel has not looked like we hoped he would with Robinson out. So I think Robinson comes right back to his to his minutes. Uh, so yeah, I, I would take Robinson being in a top spot like that. Although I'm probably in that good spot because of Boucher's early season uh, play, uh, and I'm in this position in that NFC league uh, where I'm in first, and I, I have Boucher, and it would take a lot to get him away from me at this point. Um, I'm trying to think if I would trade Robinson if someone offered him to me in that league. Uh, if I'd take Robinson, I probably would. I'd probably go Robinson mm. just just because of the consistency. If like I said, if if Nurse would just play Boucher the, a regular set number of minutes, uh, I would I would take Boucher almost, almost over all those guys. So I think hopefully it's a bit of learning for uh, for people listening about the way we see these players, and that might be helpful for you if you're working trades. If you have Boucher, if you'd like yeah. to if you'd like to get him potentially, or if you're in a team where you'd like a bit of consistency, guaranteed production through the fantasy playoffs, maybe after Boucher has a couple of big games and Randall has a quiet one, you send out try and get Randall, or maybe you do try and get Mitch Rob if you're in a good position. Uh, Aaron Baines, which is sort of the other half of that, the big man sort of. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba center um, puzzle in Toronto. He had 15 minutes only, 6-3-2 and two with a block, and he's just a, a deep league guy. Let's talk about the Nets and the Lakers. Uh, this is a game that I watched a bit of, and then I stopped watching it because uh, I drew the short straw and I had to watch Miami, the Kings, while you got to see, see this. So uh, you'll have to take a little bit of the lead here. Well, what I did see was the Nets sprung out to a, a, a big lead in the first quarter. They had 31 points. They shot 12 for 21 at 57%. You can't stop them, even when there's only two of the big three out there. Yeah, because you know, because that I saw, I, th- I saw a thing on Instagram today of who would you take: Clay Thompson, Curry, uh, Draymond, or uh, Durant. Sorry, Thompson, Curry, Durant, or Durant, Harden, Kyrie. And I'm a huge Warrior fan, and I still hesitated because Kyrie, Harden, and Durant are like incredibly scary. Uh, I think Eileen Warriors just being a, a homer and and for defense for you know Clay's D and 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 Durant's D and and Curry's just uh, probably you know my favorite player of all time. But uh, that big three is scary, and even just two of those guys out there is scary. Even if it's Harden and Kyrie without Durant, um, they're going to be a nightmare in the playoffs. Uh, James Harden is just unreal right now. Uh, I love watching him play. I think he continues to keep doing it because they're rarely all three of them are going to play at the same time. And even when they do, his points will come down, but his assists are going to be through the roof and he's still blocking shots and getting steals. I mean, it's just crazy how good this guy is at basketball. Um, and, and 
no surprise here. The Lakers actually made it a little bit of a better game than I thought they would without AD. So that's kind of scary. I, I think this is a preview of what we're going to see in the final. If AD can come back from that calf injury or whatever it is, tendon injury, uh, if he can come back strong, this is probably a preview of what we're going to see in the final. But uh, love the Nets, love that big three. Uh, if I had, I'd love to have Duran or Harden on any of my teams. I do have on a bunch of teams. I'm not as big on Kyrie Irving just because you never know when that guy's going to miss like three or four games in a row. But when he does play, he's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I think that's my controversial uh, take at the Nets. My hot take on the Nets is they're really good. (laughs) And these guys are good. Well, I can help dig a little bit deeper on a couple of these. So let's have a look at Harden. It's been a bit of a roller coaster road. I have Harden in uh, five of my 16 competitive leagues and including three cash leagues. I drafted him in all different positions. I drafted him number one uh, twice. I drafted him uh, at number three. I drafted him at number seven was the latest that I that I got him. And I wow. drafted him. I drafted him at number five. And I, there was a period there of absolute panic where he turned up fat. And he was, gonna, you know, we didn't have any idea how long he was going to sit for. I think in the end, it was it was good that he was an absolute prick because he forced his way out fast before I could trade him away. I almost, I got offered Trey Young and Paul George. And I tell you, I was vacillating for a moment there. My God, I am grateful I did not trade him away in any of those leagues. In fact, I traded for him in one league uh, because somebody else was panicking. So at the moment... Smart. That has worked out well because he is the second ranked player over the last week, uh, the third over the last two weeks, sixth over the last uh, and sixth on the season now, which is uh, really good to see, isn't it? If, especially if you consider yeah. really it's only Jokic of the other guys in uh, who are ahead of him who is, is really way ahead of the pack. Everybody else in that uh, in the, the one to five range is basically pretty close to hard. Yep. And uh, yeah, I I just pat yourself on the back for getting Harden in all those places. Uh, He was one of those guys I was a little hesitant, even when I was picking first. You know, you didn't know what was going on with that Houston situation, but good for anyone who took a chance and just, you know, just bet on his his skill level uh, shining through in the end because he dogged it a little bit in Houston, still put up decent numbers, but he is definitely playing all out right now in Brooklyn. And I don't expect it to stop uh, for the rest of the season. So just enjoy the ride. And I think the thing is, too, if you looked at the other guys that you could have taken in the top three, which is basically Towns or AD, and both of those had, yeah. both of those guys had reasons not to draft them. I drafted two Anthony Towns, as Carl Towns as well, and that turned out to be a nightmare. And I, I tell you, it sounds a bit morbid to say this after all the trouble he had with, with COVID, but I figured if he does catch COVID, he's probably going to be out for a while. And it turned out, what did he, he missed like six weeks, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Like, it was, yeah, like, at two, least, two months, I think yeah, it was, two yeah, months. it was like four, four to six weeks. Yeah, pretty More, close. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seemed like forever because I have him on a couple of teams too and it did, didn't seem like forever. I mean, he's playing great now, but, uh, you know, that hurts. That 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 yeah. hurt me in a in bunch Ro- of those, especially in Roto Leagues. I'm yeah. dead. I'm dead in the Roto League where I had him. I'm like, I'm near last and I'm dead last in, in a head-to-head competitive league, the Hoop Ball uh, Cash 3 League. I... I am dead last. Uh, I've got up to second last, actually. It's funny because if you plug it into some of the sites and predict where you're going to finish, my team is the best team and it's predicted to finish first, but I'm last. <laughs> yeah, it did. that's yeah. how it goes, man. Yeah. I have Giannis in a couple of those hoop ball cash leagues and he's been killing me lately. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't think you can really complain. Steph, 
uh, it doesn't really matter. I think if you've got Damien, if you've got Lillard or Steph or Harden oh, yeah. at the moment, you should just be happy. Joel Embiid and Kawhi, you really sort of have to just hope that they're they're you know injury wise they're going to play a lot. If you're in head to head, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. What about uh, you mentioned Kyrie Irving? He is the tenth ranked player in fantasy. I don't think I read out Harden's line. Actually, I should. He had Harden had 23 and 11 with two steals and a block today on 7 for 15 shooting. Uh, Kyrie Irving was 7 for 17 from the field. He had 16 and 7 with five assists. He does contribute in the peripherals. He, he couldn't get a, a, a um, three-point shot to fall today, though. Kyrie was 0 for 5 from deep. Kyrie is providing first-round value. And do you think he, on a per-game basis, he probably holds that, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As long as he's in the, as long as he's playing, he's going to hold that value. Uh, probably right around where he was drafted in most leagues. Maybe a little better. Uh, just based off, you know, just Kyrie being Kyrie and not knowing what's going to go on with him. But yeah, no, he totally will hold that. Uh, I just hope he keeps playing because I've got him in a couple places in dynasty leagues that I took over for another owner who had him. <laughs> I didn't go out. I didn't go out trying to get him, but uh, I took over a couple teams where he was there, and so I ha- I'm kind of stuck with him. Uh, and yeah, so far so good. Uh, just you know, hopefully, just you know, keeps playing, keeps staying motivated. And I think with Harden there, with KD looking like old KD, uh, there's no reason to think he's not going to keep going out there and playing great. Yeah. Now, speaking of playing great, that's what uh, Joe Harris has been doing uh, for most of the season, off and on. I think a couple of times, some of the kind of fantasy experts on uh, different places, not hootball people, were talking about Joe Harris being a drop. But I did steadfastly. I steadfastly refuse to drop him anywhere because I figure like when these guys miss games, he's going to go off and he's just going to be open. He was seven for 10 from the field today, 21 points, five rebounds, one assist, one steal. Now, if you have a look at games where if Kyrie, if if, if neither Kyrie, one of the other big guys really goes off or only, or only one of them does, almost without fail, Joe Harris is having good games and he's in that sort of top 75 value on the season. Uh, the three-pointers are off the charts tonight, six for seven from deep. Yeah, the Nets are not a very deep team. So you're right. When one of those big three guys miss, it's really only Joe Harris that's the 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 main offensive contributor for them. Otherwise, you know, it falls to either Jeff Green or, uh, you know, TLC, uh, Luau Cabarro. You know, those are really only the, the other big scorers on the team. So... You know, it's really all Joe um, whenever one of the big three is out or two of the big three are out quite often, which is going to lead to big games from Joe. So, yeah, good, good move hanging on to him. I've, I've been a big Joe Harris fan for a while. I'm glad I was glad when uh, Brooklyn signed him. I think that was a really good move to keep him uh, because he is their depth. And he's just such a good shooter. He is shooting 53. Oh, it's so smooth. 53.4% from the field on the season, crazy. which is cra- crazy. crazy for yeah. somebody who takes so many of his shots from, uh, from the three point range, 15 averaging 15 points, 3.43, 3. 3.5 rebounds, 1.8 assists, um, half a steal. And, and that field goal percentage at, at 53.4 is just uh, really good stuff. That's his second best category and also turnovers. He doesn't turn the ball over, which uh, is helpful for you in Roto as well. Is there anything else worth mentioning about the Nets before we talk about the Lakers briefly? Because probably only two things worth mentioning about the Lakers. Uh, uh, DeAndre Jordan had just seven and eight today. He remains a guy you can stream. He had one block. You can stream for rebounds and blocks. Maybe hold on. Jeff Green has fallen off a little bit. He had just five and three with an assist and two steals. He's fallen into that droppable category, hasn't he, Jeff? 
Yeah, he has. I mean, he he doesn't really give you much outside of points and threes and a little bit of rebounds. I was expecting a big game from him today, uh, but he he's too inconsistent. If there's a hot waiver guy out there who's going to give you more across the board, I, I think he's definitely droppable. What about Bruce Brown? He's really just a 14-team or 16-team guy, and he had nine points, four rebounds, one assist, and one steal, three for seven from the field. Every now and then he's going to really go off when two of the big three are not playing, if that happens. But uh, he's really just a defensive category streamer, isn't he, in 12-team, uh, like where you might stream him in for a day or two in a weekly matchup. Well, yeah, if that. I, I'm not – nothing exciting with Bruce Brown for me. Uh, maybe deeper leagues if you need someone. The guy that I keep an eye on, especially – well, actually, Bruce Brown's going to be hurt a little bit by Andre Roberson. Actually, we might want to just mention that he actually played today. The poor guy, you know, he's been out for, what, two, three years now with that knee injury. Um I think it's a similar injury to what happened to Bogdan Bogdanovich, actually. But um, Roberson actually got back in the game. So he's just going to steal minutes from from guys like Brown, not from Harris or anything like that. But it's going to steal minutes from those other ancillary guys like Brown and and uh, Shemet and, and those guys. Uh, the only real like lightning bolt that they have off the bench is TLC. If you're looking for uh, maybe like a scoring streamer. Um, who can get, who can get, who plays hard and gets steals. Uh, you know, he's a guy to maybe keep an eye on when, when one of the big three are out. But other than that, yeah, not much to see there. Speaking of not much to see for the Lakers, there's not much to see except LeBron James. He had 32, eight and seven. He just is remarkable athlete, 14 for 23 from the field. Uh, he did, he wasn't good from deep today. He just one for six on 16.7% shooting and his foul shooting was bad, three for six, but uh, he's just having a cracking season. He doesn't seem to age at all. What about Kyle Kuzma? He had 16 and 10 with a block. Two three pointers, seven for thirteen from the field. He, I picked him up in a, a roto league and another league in a couple of places. Is he worth a stream? Absolutely. I, I pick. I'd take Kuzma anywhere with uh, AD out. We AD is going to be out at least through the All Star break, maybe even longer from what I'm reading. So I think Kuzma is going to be the main beneficiary there. I think Gasol is just going to his role is going to stay the same no matter what. Harrell's been pretty disappointing this season. I think Kuzma's the guy who's going to pick up uh, most of that those extra rebounds. Uh, he's not being the scorer that he used to be, but now with AD out, he's going to have to score a bit, especially if Dennis Schroeder is going to be out more than just this one game. Uh, I love Kuzma anywhere you can get him. So the rest of these guys don't have a huge amount of value. Marc Gasol had eight points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. He's a steal, sorry, a blocks streamer, really, and maybe some assists. We've talked about that before. Not much else. Wesley Matthews yep. did nothing. Caruso did nothing. Taylor Horter, Tuck, Tucker, he played 27 minutes. He had nine, two, and five. But uh, maybe he has some, it's more like 14, 16 team value. Montrez Harrell had 10 and three. Uh, but just 15 minutes for Harold. That's disappointing for people who might have uh, streamed him. Yeah, it was really, you know, it, it, Brooklyn really kind of had control of this game for the most part. Uh, and so the the Lakers really played some weird lineups just to try to combat what Kyrie and James Harden were throwing at them uh, and with Joe Harris. So with all those really fa- good shooters, uh, they went heavier on um, guys like Taylor Horton Tucker over guys like Harold. Uh, so that that explains his lack of minutes there. When they play bigger teams, though, Harrell's going to get a lot more minutes than that. So I wouldn't be too worried um, if you have Harrell uh, with Horton Tucker. He's he's an, he's going to be an exciting guy down the road. I'd love to have him in Dynasty, but 
Uh, even with AD out, I think he's going to be a little too inconsistent to recommend him in, in shallower leagues. If you're in a deeper league, you know, he's probably worth a flyer in like a 16 league and up. Mm. Uh, and the other thing worth mentioning uh, about Harrell is he was uh, almost the worst on plus minus. He was minus 19. Crusoe was minus 20. And they were significantly worse on the, on the uh, plus minus than everybody else. So that points to what you're saying about the, the lineups not being right. Uh it's Valentine's Day coming up. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Valentine's Day is upon us. Uh, you don't know where the night is going to take you. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you you need to use the best tools for the job. If your girl can't think of what to get you this year, tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect, Perfect Package 3.0 full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The perfect package, of course, is led by the revolutionary third-generation Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer with its advanced skin-safe technology, which prevents uh, any messes on the bathroom floor and stuff like that because it's waterproof. Uh, That's very important when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow, of course. The perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those over the old used a stinky pair of boxes you have to these high-performance anti-chafing boxes. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. That's the signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to your collection. So all of this is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That is HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping your balls and the people who enjoy them will thank you. Speaking of lineups not being right, the next game, the Sacramento Kings lost 118 points to 110. It was not that close. In fact, they were down by 20 points with not very long to go in the third quarter. But then a guy by the name of, uh, i got to look it up here, Daquan, I was calling him Saquon, as like Saquon Barkley, Daquan Jeffries came in and just... Uh, he was five of five from deep. He just was. He got. He got ten points in about two minutes at the end of the third quarter to cut it to ten. And then the, the Kings kind of like flirted with getting close, but they never really did. They are really missing Rashawn Holmes in a very very big way. Uh, yeah. He it just they didn't have Harrison Barnes either today. But without Holmes's rim protection, they don't look to be a very good team. Yeah, absolutely. And look, when, you know, Nemanja Bialica is your top player, you know, it's a rough game. And they're really high on that Daquan Jeffries. It's only his third game of the season coming back from injury. I think he's like 23 years old. He started uh, in his second game back. Um, He's getting minutes. So if you're in a dynasty league or a a deeper, deeper league, uh, he's someone to maybe keep an eye on because they seem to be pretty high on him. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, Bielitsa, probably a good streamer while, while Holmes is out, but he's going to be inconsistent. It's, it's probably going to alternate between him and, and Whiteside, uh, you know, who's based on matchups. Um, Bagley has looked a lot better lately. Uh, so, you know, he's someone to maybe, maybe consider like a buy low on if someone's, uh, getting frustrated with him. Uh, and then, uh, Fox was just, you know, pretty bad offensively. And Buddy Heald is just not – he just hasn't been the same this year. And, uh, yeah, I'm just – I'm worried for him. I, I think I think he might need a trade or something uh, to, to mix this up. And I think Sacramento would happily move along if they can get the right deal. But I think it's going to be hard to get much for him right now. Yeah, definitely hard. When you look at his line today, he had five and three with one steal, one block, but he was two for ten from the field and one for eight from deep. And that – 
field goal percentage uh, and the fact that he's not hitting anywhere near as many threes as he needs to provide big value means he's around about a hundredth on the season when people were drafting him in that sort of 50 to 60 range. Just just not good. Uh, Bagley, yep. as you mentioned him, he had 19 and 10 with two assists. Do you think he has value when uh, Rashawn Holmes comes back though? Yeah, I do. I think I think Holmes will cut more into like Bielitsa's time because you know, look, Bagley's one of the cornerstones of their team. I think they're going to have to play him. He's going to get the minutes, and and I think he could continue to produce even with Holmes down there. They're they're kind of similar players, honestly. So I think they they kind of hurt each other. So it's definitely better for Bagley when Holmes isn't there. But I, but I think he could consistently uh, put up like seventeen and eight. Uh, you know, when Holmes is back. Hmm. Uh, Bielitsa, you mentioned he had 25 and eight with three assists and two steals. He's pretty much on waiver wires everywhere. Would you pick him up? Or is this a case of them showcasing him because they want to trade him and after he gets traded, he won't have value? Well, yeah, it's it's both. I You know, I would pick him up as long as Holmes is out, uh, just seeing if he can keep it going and, and uh, taking advantage of them showcasing him. But I would definitely not expect it to be a long-term thing. It's really more of a short-term streamer with him because chances are he gets traded to a contender where he's probably, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth guy off the bench and matchup based at that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you need a short-term pickup or, or you you have homes and you need someone to uh, pick up the slack, he's, he's definitely not the worst pickup in the world. Mm. Uh, worst pickup in the world might be Hassan Whiteside. Is there a sad, <laughs> is there a sadder sadder story in the NBA than than this guy? I mean, you shouldn't really feel sorry for him. He's made millions of dollars in his career and and not really exploited his physical talents as as much as he might. He had five and six with one assist. He did have two blocks in his fifteen minutes. He's really just a block streamer until uh, Holmes comes back, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a block streamer even when Holmes yeah, is yeah. playing. I mean, he really only needs 15 minutes to to be effective from a fantasy perspective. But if he's someone you're running out there, chances are your team's not doing that great uh, if you're relying on him. But look, I mean, he, if you're in a road league and you got room on your bench, he, he makes sense to kind of have on there uh, just in case you know the the injury takes a while to get rid of Bielitsa. Holmes remains out. You know, then it could be Whiteside's time to shine. Uh, but if you need blocks, which a lot of teams do, centers a pretty shallow position. Uh, you know, there's there's worse guys to have on there because he does pretty consistently block shots. Yeah, and I think in Roto that that makes sense. But in, in head to head, I just wouldn't trust him yeah. in, in weekly lineups for sure. And then I think I've picked him up in a couple of places and then just dropped him like the next day or two days later, pretty much every time. Tyrese I'm sure Hall- I have to. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton's fallen off a little bit. He had eight points and three rebounds with uh, four assists and a steal, though. He does get those defensive stats, and he hit, he hit two three-pointers too, and he's maintaining uh, 12-team category value and points league's value as well. Uh, I would hold on to him, even if he has a stretch of a couple of weeks, because he is a rookie yep. and he will, will be up and down. Uh, Glenn Robinson started, but he, he played 22 minutes, and he had just four points and nine rebounds. Bounds. Again, deep league guy or a streamer. Let's talk about Miami Heat. Kelly Olinick, you owe me a carton of beer, or as the Americans would say, what, what do you guys say? A slab of beer? What is it? Uh, a box case of, of beer. A case. That's right. We say a slab of beer in Australia. Um, <laughs> you, you owe me a slab of beer because I had you in uh, four leagues up until a week ago, and I dropped you in two. And then last night, I dropped you in the last two. And today, you had 22 points and you had seven rebounds, two assists. Uh, and ten, you were ten for sixteen from the field. Although your three-point shooting was shit, you were one for seven from deep. 
So, Kelly Olenek, if you're listening, you owe me a beer. And he looks like a guy you'd have a beer with, too. <laughs> it does, doesn't he? Yeah, we'd go down to go into City Harbour somewhere. I think it's and, the headband. Yeah, yeah have, a, have a beer uh, um, under Sydney Harbour Bridge. Uh, Bam Adebayo had 16, 12, and 10. He was good, and he's been really good this season again. I think kind of outperforming. A lot of people thought he might fall off a little bit and that he was being overdrafted, but he's provided second-round value. Jimmy Butler... Yep has been um, good after a really slow start, and he was hurt. He had 13, 10, and 13 with a steal. This guy's a a category stuffer, isn't he? He is. You know, I love Jimmy Butler. A lot of people took him uh, early second round and probably have been pretty nervous, but he looks healthy. He looks great. Miami's been playing much better. Uh, They bounced back from a a tough loss against the Warriors, um, and they look good tonight. They looked really good. Sacramento will do that to you. But, uh, you know, everyone who was supposed to be good on Miami was good, including Jimmy Butler, uh, looked great. And, yeah, across-the-board stats, which are always fun. Is Duncan Robinson a guy that you picked up anywhere? Because he got dropped in a few places. He was on the waiver wire in a few of my leagues. I balked because he's been so bad. But he had 22-3 today with a steal, and he was 5-for-11 from deep. Uh, Would you prefer him or Seth Curry uh, or probably you're going to take Joe Harris over both of those, but between Duncan yeah. Robertson and Seth Curry, who would you like rest of season? I mean, I'd probably go with Duncan Robinson just because I worry about Maxi and Milton uh, cutting into Curry's time. And, and the Heat love Robinson. He's going to get his minutes. They're going to run him out there. He's hit clutch shots. He had a big three against the Warriors the other night, like I mentioned. Uh, I think if he's heating up, uh, he's a good guy to own. I never seem to have him, but I would take him over those guys. I'd probably take him over Davis Bertans uh, at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, he because Miami just loves him. They're going to keep playing him. Uh, so he's a pretty safe guy, but you know what you're getting with him. You're getting all threes <laughs> and points, not much else. If you need steals, uh, a streamer at the moment, and Andre Iguodala is around. He had three steals today. He played 23 minutes, which is about all he needs to contribute in that category, but not much else. Now, somebody who's been doing a lot better of late uh, is Tyler Harrow. He had yeah. 27 points, four rebounds, three assists, and one steal. It was 12 for 17 from the field. I've got a little confession to make. I was very close to dropping him in some competitive cash leagues, and the only thing that stopped me is that he qualifies at small forward, which is sometimes a difficult position to fill. And so I held on to him, and that has proven to be very lucky. Smart. Yeah, I mean, Hero's a guy, You based off where you probably drafted him to, that's a real tough drop. And he's one of those guys you just got to kind of hope that they get better um, and you live or die with them. Uh, but I could see the temptation to get rid of him. But his potential is through the roof. His playmaking's been a lot better. Uh, he's going to continue to get uh, his minutes even when Drogic comes back. That's just going to be good by none. Um, but guys like Robinson, Hero, Miami's going to keep running them out there, uh, especially with the bad start they got out to. They know they need to, to feed Hero, and and he, he looks good coming off the bench as a six-man. Uh, I think he's going he's gonna to get a lot more playmaking and offense out of that. Yeah, you could see with when it – today's game and the previous game as well that it was difficult for the the bench uh the bench from the opposition who are not as well organized on defense to kind of contain him and he had a lot of shots i think yesterday he had 15 shots but he was 5 15 today 17 shots so that's 32 shots in two games which points to uh to what you're saying now he's the 86th ranked player over the last week and 89th over the last two weeks which is heaps better than what he was because uh he was the 142nd ranked player 
on the season. You know what? Funny thing about him, last season, even though he was incredible in the bubble, I think he was like top 30 or something in the bubble. He was only 181st on the season. So, uh, you know, in just- He was a rookie. Yeah, as a rookie. But that's what I mean. Like people were drafting him. I saw him go like pick 50 in some leagues. Yeah, he was definitely overdrafted, probably. I think people thought he was going to get a lot more uh, point guard responsibilities this season. Uh, but I think he's I think he's right where he should be in his second year. The the six man off the bench, leading that second unit, getting a lot of shots up, a lot of minutes. Uh, I could easily see him finishing, you know, top sixty, maybe top seventy five. Yeah, I, I think maybe a little bit behind that, but uh, but he could provide that value for the rest of the season for sure, and then maybe finish yep. in that sort of eighty eighty to ninety range when it averages out now. It would not be a fantasy basketball podcast in the middle of the season if we didn't have uh, uh, Kendrick Nunn to talk about as the last <laughs> the last player of the day. Uh, he had uh, 31 minutes, 16 points, three rebounds, two assists, and a steal. And the question is, do we hold do we hold on to him? Yeah, I mean, I I hold none. Drogic, you know, he's who knows if that leg's going to hold up. He's got a ton of problems. He's going to rest a lot. He's probably going to be on a minutes restriction when he comes back. And Nunn's been shooting the lights out of it. I mean, I haven't seen him shoot threes this well in probably his whole career, or or I guess last season when he when he went through that hot streak last season when he came out of nowhere. Um, so as long as he's rolling like this, I'm, I'm going to hang on to him. But just be prepared at any point. Um, Drogic could come back, and if he's healthy, Nunn's going to lose his minutes. But um, I think he's definitely earned his spot in the rotation. So, you know, I, I I mean, at this point, you can't drop him. There's too much potential there. You just kind of hope you can get a lot out of him before Drogic comes back and that he holds some value. Um, you know, it, it's a tough spot if you if you have none right now, but he's definitely worth owning. Well, there you go. We got to the end of the show. Uh, Brent, it's been wonderful to All have right. you on a Thursday night and uh, it's a Friday afternoon. It's now uh, 30 minutes past beer o'clock here on Friday afternoon in Sydney. So I'll be hopping into a beer and uh, toasting you, mate, for joining me. Uh, and those beers will be provided by uh, my, the one and the only Kelly Olinick. Yes, sir. The headband will come through. Uh, he's ready to party under whatever that bridge was that you mentioned because I don't know my Australian uh, landmark. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney Harbour. <laughs> I, I, we should, should finish on a lighter note. You know, the hilarious thing in terms of me getting people going. So I got a Linux going today. The day before yesterday, I had a choice of whether to pick up uh, Mo Wagner or Davis Bertans in a dynasty league where both were on the wire. And I picked up Mo Wagner who had who played three minutes and had two points and nothing. <laughs> I know, I saw and, that. Then, and then, and then Bertans was uh, nine for 11 from three. <laughs> and someone else grabbed Bertans? Someone else grabbed Bertans, yeah. Uh, he, he, had, he, had, he had 35 points and it's the most, it's the most three point, made three pointers with no two point attempts in the history of the NBA. <laughs> that, yeah, that's like how I always felt with the Warriors. It seemed like every time I watch a Warriors game, uh, the the other team, one of their players would have a career night, like the best nights. It's the same in fantasy. Whenever you're deciding between two guys, the guy you don't pick up always has that career uh, that career night. That's a rough one, man. I, I feel for you because I've been there, and I think I was even looking at, at Wagner in a couple places, uh, and I, I didn't grab him just because I kind of wanted to see him do it again. 
and but who knows next game he could have a double double mm-hmm. with six threes you know it's, it's such a weird situation there in washington i think the learning thing from this is just that it's, it's going to be really hard to predict in washington and you're better off yeah. you're better off stick staying away and finding something a bit safer brent we have uh, uh overstayed our welcome or i've overstayed your welcome whatever <laughs> it goes i'll let you go mate it's been fantastic chatting with you and we'll uh We'll see you again next Thursday night. We'll speak to you then. Sounds good. Can't wait. See you guys later. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.